The Light Breakfast with Asha and Nan, brought to you by Maybank. On the Wheel Deal today, we're speaking to founder and CEO of Flaps, Aziz Ayman, about the subscription model for having a car. Okay, I have to ask this from my own personal understanding. How is the subscription model different to renting a car? The differences typically lie within two factors, yeah. First is the tenure, and second is the purpose for using the vehicle. When someone typically rents a car, they're renting it for like a few hours for a grocery run, or maybe like two or three days for a vacation to a nearby city. And during that period, you're essentially you know, going to the rental agency, picking up the car, or going to a designated car park to be able to unlock that car with your phone. But once you're done with that trip, you're giving the car back to the rental agency. Okay. Whereas subscriptions are longer term. We're talking about one to three years. And essentially, the use case is very similar to what you'd be using your own car that you'd purchased. So whether it's your daily commutes to work or whether it's interstate travel, it's essentially a car that you get to be able to use exclusively 24-7. So you can keep it in your driveway and use it anytime you want. But with a subscription, there are three key added benefits. Firstly, it's all inclusive. So you pay one monthly price. Everything is bundled in. Insurance, road tax, maintenance, all covered under one monthly oh, price. Okay. Yeah. Secondly, you also get a door-to-door concierge service. So when it comes to your insurance renewals and it comes to your road tax renewals or even servicing and maintenance, our concierge will come to your home or to your office, pick up the car, take that car to the service center, deal with the service center on your behalf so you can have a hassle-free car ownership experience. And lastly, which is the most beautiful benefit of a subscription service, you have the ability to be able to swap cars when your needs change. So let's say you're starting off your career. You can, let's say, only afford a compact car. But let's say as time goes on, you get married, you want to be able to expand your family. That car no longer meets that particular need. And so instead of being stuck with that car for the long term, the idea is that you can swap cars to, let's say, an MPV or an SUV and just pay that new price. You're not locked into that particular vehicle for the long run. And it also works with regards to the reverse. Let's say you start off and you subscribe to a BMW 3 Series, right? Financial times are tough. Mm-hmm. You can no longer afford that budget. You can essentially downgrade to something that could meet your essential needs. And that's the beautiful part right, about our subscription-based okay. service. Yeah. That's pretty flexible then. Yeah. Absolutely. What is the difference then with, say, leasing that you would have that option in America, for example? Gotcha. No, perfect question. It really is, uh, subscriptions are similar to a lease, but it's just a lot more flexible and a lot more convenient. The fact that you are able to switch cars whenever your needs change, you can never do that within a leasing program. Or having the concierge service to be able to handle all the administration, the heartache, that's also not typically bundled in with a stereotypical lease. Right. Aziz, obviously, because you're in the business, you you see growth uh, as a potential. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in it. But around the world, um, we're made to understand that it's mushrooming. Uh, Why do you think that might be? It's because consumer behavior is changing. People want things faster, more convenient, with more flexible terms. We've seen this within the taxi industry with ride hailing. We've seen this even in the hoteling industry with home sharing through like companies like you know Airbnb. And car buying and car ownership is no different. So we're seeing a global phenomenon where 
car buyers are no longer attracted to buying and owning a depreciating asset for the long term. It just doesn't make financial sense, mm. right? You pay for something, it drops in value 50%, 60%, and essentially you're selling it for a loss. And so consume, these consumers are essentially looking for a new solution where they, don't, they get to be able to enjoy all the benefits of car ownership, but without the drawbacks. And so hence, a lot of the automotive manufacturers have noticed this trend and they want to keep their fingers on the pulse. And so for the past three to four years, they've been experimenting with various subscription models to be able to meet this need. And so hence, that's why we see all these uh, different services sprouting all across the globe because analysts forecast one in three new cars sold by 2030 will be via a subscription-based format. Wow. Okay. Earlier, you touched a little bit on um, generational differences. So who does this sort of thing appeal to? What sort of demographic subscribes to a car? Honestly, the demographics is extremely blurred for flux. Um, Our youngest subscriber is 21 years old. Our oldest subscriber is 75 years old. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really, really broad. But I'll break it down to sort of like five personas that we see. First are the value seekers. For them, they essentially want to be able to maximize their financial resources that they have. And with a subscription, you don't have to be able to pay an upfront down payment of 10 to 20% of the value of the vehicle. So in that situation, you're saving off the bat 33% in terms of cash flow in your first year. Then you have the ones that are essentially car noobs, people who know absolutely nothing about cars. And for them, they don't mind paying a small premium just to be able to outsource the heartache and the headache mm-hmm. of managing the vehicle. I so understand that. Exactly. Very well. <laughs> uh, and then we have the expats. These individuals essentially want a car contract that matches their term that they hear in the country. So if I'm only here for two years, great. I get to subscribe to that car for two years and I don't want to essentially be penalized if I'm essentially leaving the car, uh, the country earlier or extending my stay mm. so they can be able to keep the car longer. And so that's why the, the subscription model is a perfect solution. I just, you know, from my experience uh, on my hunt to get a car, I've discovered a sort of car shortage in quite a few different areas. Does this shortage open you, the subscription modelers, up to a, a larger, uh, you know, untapped audience, shall we say? It most certainly does. Um, If you were to step foot into a dealership today uh, and try to book a new car, more often than not, uh, you're waiting for six to sometimes even 12 months for some of the more popular brands. Um, As human beings, we do want gratification as soon as possible. And when you have a service like ours, where we can offer you a car, once you've reserved it, shared your documents, we can deliver that car to your doorstep in seven days. People instantly say like hey should i wait six seven months or get it next week Mm. and for us um the quickest turnaround that flux has ever done is within 24 hours so if you booked your car today if we process it quick enough we can get that car to you by tomorrow Wow, that's incredible. That that sounds like heaven to me. But um, you know, when you're talking about subscription services, for example, what would you say to somebody in terms of what they should be looking out for, whether it's this country or another country? Great question. So not all subscription services are made equal. The devil is in the details. So when, as a consumer, when you're looking at the various subscription services, there are three things to be able to look out for. Firstly, it's 
is it really truly all-inclusive? A lot of services might claim that they're all-inclusive, but within the fine print, you might be exposed to certain incidentals that you might have to pay mm-hmm. over time. So really look at what is the, the true uh, parts of the service that are actually paid for by by the subscription service. Secondly, confirm what the condition of the vehicle is. Some cars are new, some cars are pre-owned, some cars are reconditioned and claimed to be new. So really ask the service, is this a newly registered car? Has anyone driven it? What's the actual mileage in the car? Because again, the devil is in the details. Mm. And then finally, because a big draw of a subscription service is the swappability, the fact that you have the ability to swap cars throughout the subscription period, find out what is the swap policy because certain subscription services give it to you by count, some give you unlimited swaps whenever you want. Find out what the true swap policy is and then you'll be sorted. Ah, that's interesting. So, you know, this service is only one, whereas another service is unlimited and it's kind of, I guess, shopping around for the best deal. Exactly. Right. Very interesting. Okay. So we've covered a lot of ground with the individual subscriber. Are there fleet subscribers? Do people take out a bunch of cars? Most definitely. Um, um, This is a new segment that we've been pushing um, this year. Um, Essentially, it's the B2B space. We're noticing a lot of companies that are actually attracted to the subscription-based model. Uh, For them, you know, instead of like buying a car and like, you know, keeping that cash locked up as an asset sitting on your balance sheet, the idea is that now you can subscribe to it and just make it a monthly sort of expense, not tying up your cash. And again, if you're offering this as a benefit to, let's say, your staff, if that staff decides to be able to leave or move countries and so on and so forth, you're not laden with the asset and figuring out like, what do I do with this car? Right. And so a lot of companies now are expanding to be able to give their management cars um, via subscription. Also, the commercial vehicles that they use for, you know, transporting people between, you know, uh, manufacturing plants and so on and so forth. This is definitely the direction. And when you couple this with them trying to be a lot more green, managing, you know, the environment, they're looking to be able to uh, subscribe to their vehicles via uh, EV format. Okay. Um, so does that mean that th- they would have a different type of, uh, con- I don't know if contract is the right word to use, uh, because they're using them for commercial purposes as opposed to somebody who just wants to get to the office and that? Yes, definitely. When it comes to the commercial aspects of, of a vehicle, you obviously have to send the car to Puspa.com on a more regular basis. The insurance is very different. So the contracts that we sign with them are slightly different than the ones that you'd get with a individual purchase okay okay i had to have to ask a lot of cars going out a lot of very happy customers but where do people who run subscription models get their cars from ah a lot of the subscription services typically go and actually buy their own fleets but flux is very different our model is similar to that of airbnb so airbnb doesn't go around the world buying a lot of properties that'll be too expensive for them and so for us we work with automotive retailers and automotive distributors so these are the people that assemble the vehicles these are the people that retail them out to you and me and for them if they have cars sitting in their lot that they're unable to sell they come to a service like flux and say hey can you help me monetize this asset because i don't know what to be able to do with it and i don't want to sell it for a loss Um, But now recently, we've actually opened up our market to individuals like you and I. So you and I who can essentially list your car up on Flux and subscribe it out to our consumers. Because one thing that we've noticed during the pandemic is that a lot of people tend to work from home. Mm -hmm. Households that typically had two cars no longer needed to be able to use those two cars for their daily drives. And so essentially they have a spare car on their hands. 
but they're still paying on their loans. So to be able to help alleviate you know, the financial burden, they can essentially put those cards up on our platform and generate a second income, pay off that loan, earn a little bit extra for that vacation that they're looking for. So wait a minute, I could essentially come to you and lease out my car, or what do you call it? Get my car subscribed. Yep. And then I could use that money to rent a different car from you. Exactly. The circle of life. I'm liking <laughs> this deal very much. I'm, I'm gonna as is, we're gonna have to talk after this. For sure. <laughs> I'll buy you a coffee. <laughs> In terms of where Malaysia sits with subscription model as a very uh, powerful sort of plan or, or, or way to go when it comes to owning a car quote unquote here in Malaysia how does it compare to other countries in Asia yeah it's uh, I would say Malaysia is probably at the forefront of pushing the car subscription model um, some of the manufacturers that have entered the space were very very forward I mean Malaysians just love cars by nature mm-hmm. and are always on the pulse of like what is the next trend how can we essentially um, disrupt um, this industry uh, and so for us, you know, I think we probably have the most car subscription services within Southeast Asia relative to other markets. And so a lot of them are actually looking to us, seeing what are the models that essentially work, what are the models that don't work before they start scaling it within um, bigger car economies like, you know, uh, Thailand or Indonesia, for example. So uh, we definitely are, you know, setting the, the pace Ahead and of the curve. being a trailblazer. Yeah. Oh, fancy that. Okay, so I'm going to ask a really off-script question. It's such a boy <laughs> thing to ask. What, in uh, to your mind, is the most flash car in the fleet that you have? Well, that's an easy question. We have a Rolls-Royce Ghost on our platform. Mm. It's going for 24000 a month. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's a little bit expensive, but right. that is the most flash car that okay. we've had. We also had like, you know, a Maserati Ghibli mm. as well on the platform. But more often than not, uh, the range of our fleet really goes all the way to, you know, uh, Myvis and Axias, mm-hmm. all the way up to like Porsche Cayennes, Mercedes-Benz S-Class. Okay. Um, that's really our bread and butter. Okay. I uh, Sorry, just one more thing about the, about the subscription uh, service. <clears throat> I know in the UK that your insurance is pegged to a lot of conditions, how old you are, you know, your NCB, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that any different from, you know, a subscription? Um, currently right now, uh, it, it is, but it's something that we're um, trying to progress and trying to innovate as well. Because with all our cars, they're outfitted with a, you know, a telematics device, we know roughly how you use the vehicle and how you drive. Mm-hmm. So we actually plan to be able to introduce a new product whereby if you are subscribing to our service and you are a good driver, you will get a rebate mm. for being a good driver Ooh, because essentially you're taking well care like of an asset. Yeah. 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 So the reason I ask is because, you know, you were saying that y- your younger subscriber is 21, I think. Yeah. And say that twenty another 21-year-old rocks up, has very little history in terms of driving and then wants, you know, one of the sports cars. You know, the insurance premium would vary ordinarily, mm-hmm. but with you, it's... Uh, it, it is going to be higher initially, but once we roll out this new product, we'll just be basing it upon your actual driving behavior, which okay. is a lot more accurate in terms of what risks you present to the vehicle. Well, thank you so much, Aziz. What you know started off as a bit of a nightmare is now turning out to be a very interesting, curious adventure. Well, that was founder and CEO of Flux, Aziz Ayman. You can listen to this episode of The Wheel Deal on the Light Breakfast podcast. That's on the Shock app.